If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome. This is Medicine in America, a podcast that will share the stories of physicians and other healthcare professionals who are changing the way they practice. We will hear what made them realize they had to reinvent and rethink their approach to treating patients. My name is Anthony Manson. I'm a 20-year-plus veteran of the healthcare industry, and I'm being joined today by my co-host and longtime friend and colleague, Todd Harrington. I'm excited today. We're talking to a family nurse practitioner. Her name is Spring Lane. She's also an entrepreneur and very much of a techie, and she's transforming primary care as we know it. After a long career as a nurse and then working at a company called Adelaide, which helps independent primary care practices succeed in physician-led accountable care. She just opened her own innovative subscription-based practice called Exceptional Wellness. You got to hear about it. It's very interesting. Spring is a passionate evangelist for preventative medicine, and she's changing the way we approach patient care. Hi, Spring. Welcome. Spring, also say hi to my co-host, Todd. Hi, Spring. Hi. Spring, why don't we get started by you telling us about what led you to focus on preventative care, and I can tell it's your passion, and really explain what exceptional wellness is all about. Both at the hospital and then with Allidade was this desire in me to help people prevent disease. And I just kept looking for that and trying to push to that. And closed door after closed door, there's just not a lot of room for true preventative care. Over the two decades that I've been a nurse, I've also seen patients know less and less about how their body works and how to keep healthy and how to prevent disease. And so fast forward to the last year, that is what we have been building at Exceptional Wellness because we truly believe that exceptional wellness is available to all of us. We just have to have the right education, equipment, and empowerment to get there. I mean, that's a dramatic system change, right? Yes. I mean, you're talking about an entire infrastructure that was built to treat acute care and disease, mm -hmm. not to prevent. You are truly a, a change agent to mm -hmm. try to reinvent this around preventative care because that's just not the way the system is built. Fee-for-service doesn't allow for that today. And I love that you bring it up that it's not how it's built because what I see in a lot of the patient's understanding is that they feel like it is supposed to be built that way. They feel like when I go get my wellness visit, I must be getting true prevention focused. You know, I am now in this hub where they're going to help me be well and stay well. I think that's a desire of most providers. But like you said, the system is not built to really actually accomplish prevention focused care. It's all diagnose and treat. What is your fundamental philosophy in terms of with your new practice? How do you actually achieve that? A lot of it comes around to, so those three words I just used, educate, equip, and empower. That's really the fundamental three pillars of what we do. The big first part is education, and we use a lot of data. So we have a couple of different things that we use. One is 
when we do labs, we, you know, really focus in and discuss with the patient some of the available options. This is one area where I feel like we really could do so much more in the system. There are a lot of labs that have been around for decades that help patients have a better understanding of how close they are to disease without being in disease. I'll give you an example. Thyroid, right? We check a TSH on almost everybody annually because we know that hypothyroidism is a very common disease. We also know that the majority of hypothyroidism is caused by an autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's. Well, we very rarely, if ever, check thyroid antibodies. But if we know that, and and the literature supports this, that the thyroid is attacked by thyroid antibodies for decades sometimes before their TSH and their other, and their actual thyroid hormones are out of whack, sometimes we could prevent damage if we start teaching patients like, hey, stress actually impacts how your body responds and how much antibodies you might create. Sometimes dietary things can impact that. These are all things that we give tools to the patients after they have that diagnosis, but we could do a better job up front of helping them prevent that damage to their thyroid and therefore maybe give them an extra five, 10 years before they have to be on medication, or maybe they won't have to be on medication at all. Who knows? But those are the kind of things that we educate our patients on. And some of those tests are pretty inexpensive. A patient, 15 bucks, they're like, hey, yeah, I'd like to know if their antibody is beating up on my thyroid. Other things like insulin levels. We know that diabetes is super common, right? And the insulin resistance is what often will be a big part of type 2 diabetes. But we don't always even check an insulin level. And again, another pretty cheap test to check. So we talk to them about different labs that we might consider given their family history and their current lifestyle and different things like that. So we have what we call the 12 keys to exceptional wellness. And we are comparing you to that benchmark. And this is all evidence-based literature that's been out there for a long time. But we've just kind of pulled it all together and said, okay, here is what, from what we know now, (laughs) if you are hitting the mark on all of these things, you're going to be exceptionally well. And usually you can tell that, right? Like you can see a person who's exceptionally well because they look alive. They look vibrant. They have energy. You know, they're those people who you're like, man, I don't know what they got, but I want that. (laughs) It's like, you can see it when they're there, but it's really hard to see where's the difference between there and disease, right? Or my chronic diseases are Mm -hmm. out of whack. It's like that spread between that spot and this other spot that we all know is disease is very large. And so trying to help somebody gauge where they are and then trend those is a lot of what we do. Uh, So we educate them on their current state in a really in-depth way. And then we give them the tools. We teach them about how their diet plays into those things. We teach them about how sunlight plays into those things. We teach them about all these different pieces of their lifestyle and then we empower them to start what we, we love, the book, Tiny Habits. BJ Fogg did a great job of explaining how to just start on mm-hmm. new behaviors. And we use the heck out of that and just help people really start. It's a great book, Habit, habit yeah. Stacking. I love Habit Stacking. Mm-hmm. It's great. But if you're starting exceptional wellness and you're doing more better diagnostics, more in-depth diagnostics and education, that requires more time, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a, a direct primary care model, correct? We do a membership-based model. And then could you explain how that works? Because that, that is still the minority of practices in the country today. But right. it is innovative and new. So could you, I'm sure our folks yeah. would like to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, we have a couple of different paths and we try to have a little bit different ways of interacting with folks so that depending on where they're at, what kind of resources they have. Like our HSA partners really well with like a bundle plan. So they pay for a bundle of services, like their wellness service, their labs and different things like that. And then they, we put them on a plan where they meet quarterly and they can come in and we address and assess how they're doing in relation to those goals that we set out at the beginning of the year. And then we have others who have like super high deductible plans and they may not have an HSA and they're like, you know what? I'd rather just like pay for all the support I need and what, or they want to pay like a monthly membership and have unlimited coaching sessions, which we'll get into what our coaching involves here in a little bit, but they can pay monthly, they can pay quarterly, they can pay annually. It really just depends on how much support they need and kind of what their current state is as far as their insurance and how they're set up with their deductible and those kinds of things. Does that kind of help? Yeah, definitely. So your direct primary care model is really personalized to their situation. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So it's not like one plan for everybody. Correct. Okay. I mean, I think this makes sense of preventative and wellness. That's where, at least in my circles, where everything's going. What kind of support or resistance are you getting from the regular community, the medical community? You feel that more and more going to follow your lead or is it, there's a lot of resistance? There's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of like prior to starting my clinic, I did a lot of coaching at primary care for those six years at Allidade. And so I was constantly having conversations with PCPs about this type of care. And I got a lot of pushback, a lot of, I want to do that and I don't have time. I want Mm -hmm. to do that and there's no money in it. I want to do that, but the patients don't want it. Those were kind of the three common pushbacks that I got. Obviously here, I'm the people who come through my door, they want our services. So that's kind of easy. But I do actually have a lot of really good relationships with kind of back to that I don't have time part is it's a good referral source. So some of the PCPs that I have really good relationships with, they're like, man, like I had one earlier today. I would love to be able to offer this to my patients, but I just don't have time. And my patients do want it. And so I have really good relationships with some of those. I foresee there's so much out there as far as providers like me who want to be able to offer this. And I really, I know, shared with some before, but so there's a group called Aspirational Healthcare, and they're doing some work with direct-to-business. And I really think that is where this is headed because 60% of the premiums are funded through businesses, right? So our small businesses pay a huge portion of insurance premiums, and they're directing a lot of those healthcare dollars. And I foresee businesses starting to understand, you know what, hey, we actually, we need this other bucket too. We need this bucket of preventative care. Our patients really want it. Our employees really want it. They really want someone who's going to come alongside them and help them learn, okay, why, when I eat this, does it do this to me? This other person over here, it's, it's fine for them. For me, it's not fine. How can I actually do these lifestyle things? Because they're trying so hard. I talk with patients who they're Googling the Mediterranean diet and they're like, I don't have fish anywhere near me. What am I supposed to do? They're like, lost. And my heart breaks for them because I'm like, it doesn't just have to be fish. Teaching them how to eat whole food. and But you really have to have time. You have to have a deep relationship with someone to influence that kind of behavior. And so I foresee businesses taking ownership of really helping put some of those dollars into the communities in that way. And then patients being able to say, okay, I have this preventative portion of my healthcare system whenever I'm sick or have disease care here, you know, so I foresee that being how this evolves. 
Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, do you think that businesses really understand what their employees are getting in terms of value for the health insurance today? Not at all. And that's why I love working with the groups. Like I said, Daryl Moon and Aspiration Healthcare, we've got the conference coming up next September that I'm going to be a sponsor for because I just believe that we've got to spend time educating CEOs and business owners about how those dollars are being spent and that they do have a choice. I think that's a big part of it is they just think that this must be all that there is. And so I just have to buy one of these plans, whichever one makes the most dollars and cents and offer it to my people. I'm trying to do right. And that's all that there's just not an awareness that there is more. And do they, they don't even measure if their employees are satisfied with those plans, do they? Exactly. I'm not, well, I'm, a lot I'm of not aware no. of that, but. Yeah. Well, know, and they kind of think that, why would I? Because what am I going to do about it? I mean, I've been employee, <laughs> employed for 40 years. I don't ever remember getting a satisfaction survey yeah. on the health insurance plan. I remember getting it on from the hospital after I, after a visit or from the insurance company, but never from the employer. Exactly. And I think employers just think that they don't have a choice. And so helping them understand they do have choices on how those dollars are spent. And there are so many options. Like the model that I'm doing is one, I believe that nurse practitioners are perfectly suited for this type of work because the whole nursing model is built around this holistic health and wellness. Like we're taught to do health promotion. A lot of what our nursing activities are all built around from the very, because I know, because I was an LPN first, Every stage of the way, there are these pieces of health promotion that are part of the training. It's just very a good fertile ground. And there are a lot of nurse practitioners out there who would really like to do that kind of work. And I think pairing that with the model where the businesses understand their role, I think it would be perfect. The patients will finally get someone on their team who's looking at prevention and not just diagnose and treat. And they probably could start hiring someone in a bigger corporation just like a prevention representative mm-hmm. to kind of guide them, if you will, beyond the, the traditional healthcare benefit offerings. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think shifting from acute to prevention is critical. And, and I think you've got the business mind clearly as an entrepreneur to, from the ground up, start a new practice built around that. In your experience, how do you take an existing family practice and shift it? Is that possible? I think it absolutely is if the leadership, the owner's have that desire. If that is their core desire, then absolutely it can be shifted. My collaborator, well, I have a couple of them, but one of them is a family medicine doc. And he did just that 11 years ago, whenever he looked at his practice, graduating from med school, he was top of his class. And then if you'd have looked at his practice, he said, if you'd grade me, I'd be a C at best, maybe a B. Because he was looking at himself in relation to, are my patients getting better? And he was doing everything he was taught, right? Mm -hmm. And he just got frustrated with that. And so now he's he has an MDVIP type practice where he's able to spend time with his patients, building that relationship, talking about lifestyle, and really helping his patients. My cousins are actually some of his patients. That's how I found out about him, was because I saw their transformation, right? Like, They're both business owners and they needed to stay well because they can't afford to be sick because then they're not making money. And he has helped them over the last, over, over a decade and just getting to know his practice, he's transformed it totally. It's totally focused around prevention and he has really great success with his patients. So it can be done. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It just, you got to have the heart for it. Mm -hmm. And And you have to. 
have a, a certain level of bravery because, yeah, I mean, you. it is scary. I have some other docs that I totally respect, but they've been doing what they've been doing and they've got eight employees who their livelihood depends on whether or not I make this much every single day and to step out of what I'm doing and do something different is scary and I might lose it all and I might, I mean, it's a very understandably scary situation. Also, the traditional healthcare, you got they're thinking about the insurance companies. They're not going to like you mm -hmm. because they, they make money off of all the, the illnesses. A lot of money. I mean, this is a huge leap to start your own practice. And I know you have a franchise model in mind, which is fantastic. You should talk a little bit about that too. Did you have any, you know, hesitation when you were, I know you're detail oriented. So putting your plan together, did you say, do I really want to do this or not? Oh, so much. Well, one of the biggest hesitations is the not taking insurance. And it's still a part that is so hard for me. Even you, Todd, just saying what you're saying about the insurance company is not paying for it. Part of what I did with Allidate, it was I did a lot of help with the billing and coding. Like I actually gave a, a seminar on coding for wellness. So I, I know a lot of the codes that are billable. And a lot of what we do is actually billable for insurance. But the, the hard thing is if I were to start taking insurance and start billing insurance, for me to provide the exact same level of care would cost about 10 times more. And it's because of the administrative burden. Right. And it's like, why would I do that to the patient when, let's say, that if it's 10 times more, they're going to come out of pocket as much or more with that model, with me billing insurance. And then what always gets in the way is if even if I'm really disciplined and I keep it out of my mindset of what does insurance cover as far as what does my patient need, because that should not be the determining factor. Just get frustrated quickly. I think that's where exceptional wellness is trying to change that and says the focus educate. is on educate. Yeah. 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 I really just want the patient to think about what is it that I need and then have that trusted resource being your provider that can give you that clinical expertise to say what is available. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, talk more about exceptional wellness and the model. I mean, I'm looking at your website, which is very impressive. I'm a patient looking at this. I'm like, wow, this is a fresh approach. You're passionate about helping our patients proactively manage their health and prevent illness and offer a free consult to help you determine if our exceptional wellness services are the right for you and your family's needs. Can you talk a little bit about kind of that promise and, yeah. free, and the free consult, which I don't see with healthcare. I see that obviously in a million other business models, but not in health. Well, I mean, free. I don't the, see anything free. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times the barriers at Alliday, we did a lot with like trying to prevent ER visits and preventing readmissions. And so I had so many conversations with patients and I actually used to work in the ER. So I would see patients who would come in all the time. And at six o'clock in the evening, I've got this 16 year old guy who's in here and he's got headaches. Well, turns out he's playing football and he's had several concussions. He's never had an evaluation. And why is he in the ER at this time of night? Not because it's an acute issue, but because he couldn't get into a PCP for months. And, or you have different people who need blood pressure refills and they haven't been able to get in. So access is really huge. And then whenever people get in, they don't come in until it's way late oftentimes because they don't know what it's going to cost. They're afraid because I could go in and it could be $100. It could be $400. It could be $600. I have no idea. And so they're terrified of that bill that they might get. So really want to help them know, hey, look, it's totally free. We're going to sit down. 
we're going to talk things through, or we're going to get through everything that could possibly be going on with you and what all of our services are in 30 minutes. Hell no, <laughs> but we will definitely get started and we'll be able to chit chat and we'll be able to talk through like, what does it look like? What does this model look like? And it is very different. And that's hard for people because when you have this thing that, like I said, is just so different, like you said, it's fresh, but it can also be seen as weird and maybe a little out there for me. And I don't know if this is the right thing. So we want to just really decrease those barriers. Look, come in no cost. We're not the right fit. That's totally fine. This model doesn't make sense for you. Also totally fine. But we think that we have something for everyone and we really want to be able to have that conversation one-on-one and see if that's a possibility. And we have a really good close rate. You're one year in. Are you profitable at this point? If you're willing to say or not? (laughs) people. I'm sure people are wondering. Yeah. I mean, profitable in the way that I want to be at this moment? No. But we are in the black. Yeah. That's pretty good after one year. Yeah. Is it like a capacity to your practice? Like how many patients do you take or is it, what's the cutoff? Good, Good question. We haven't hit that threshold yet, but the business model, you need at least 150 members in order for it to really work. And so uh, kind of talking about the franchise model as we grow is helping support getting those members on board. And really most practices that from the research that we've done top out around that 300 to 500 mark. If somebody is interested in a franchise or wants to join you in your mission, thespringlane.com is is fantastic call to action. Can you talk about that? Because that seems like you're an evangelist for a whole new care model. Could you just talk about, because that's obviously another job you have, it sounds like. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you put that word on it. I sometimes struggle to find the word to say what that is. But yes, I mean, that evangelistic type heart for this type of care is really why I created Exceptional Wellness is because at the end of the day, I don't care if it's Exceptional Wellness out there. I accept, I care that people are getting that type of care, right? Mm -hmm. So if it can have any name on it, I don't care. I just so badly want for people to know it's possible. In the conversations that I had all over the country, like I said, for six years, I never once heard anyone talk about this type of care, nothing like it. And then to get partnered up with Daryl Moon and aspirational healthcare model and start learning about NUCA and all these things, there's so much out there already. And I just so badly want to, yes, I want exceptional wellness to be in every single community and people to have this type of care and, or I don't care. I want for everybody who's in this lane, the spring lane Mm -hmm. to be growing and flourishing uh, because it's just what patients want. It's what people need. They need someone. You talked about chronic conditions being 70% of the model. And if you think about the fact that the disease treat and let's diagnose and treat model, it was not set up for chronic diseases. It was set up for acute diseases and acute care. And so even our current model is not set up for chronic care and it does a horrible job of it. I'm just, it does. People get sicker and sicker every year. They don't understand why. And we need someone to put the brakes on what's happening to the people and people deserve to be well. They deserve to have somebody who's in their corner. So the franchise that we're building is for nurse practitioners who want to do this kind of work. 
And even if you're not into, if you're not a nurse practitioner and you want to do this kind of practice, still go to the spring lane and I will get you connected with others who are in this space who can help you. Because what I also think, and I believe from the conversations that I've had with providers is there's a barrier to stepping into that space because it's scary. What kind of business model do I have to have? So many docs are employed. Why? Because they don't know how to run the books. They don't know how, and no wonder they don't know how to build insurance because they make it hard on purpose. But, you know, it's like, there is so much to know that you just end up staying where you are because doing something else is scary and seems, I know you guys asked earlier if I was profitable. Well, that's why, because I see so many docs, I've had conversations where they were a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in the red. And it's just like a constant stress of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. And that isn't what anybody should be in the position of. I, I know people who don't ever go into their own practice because they have so much student debt. It's like, well, there's just no guarantees. And why even try? Because this thing, they'll pay me a paycheck. I'll at least get to pay my bills and I'll get to pay my people and I'll do a good thing. Even though it's not what my heart wants, I'll do a good thing. So I want so bad for people to know that there are models that are making profit. Mine isn't the only one, even though I think it's amazing, but there are models that are making profit. And of the $4 trillion, I did the number earlier just to kind of throw this at you, of the $4 okay. trillion dollars in healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, goes to PCPs, okay? So little teeny tiny pigs, okay? So let's just say that we tripled it, okay? We took 10% more of what we're already spending and we shifted that into primary care, which I believe needs to go into prevention-focused primary care, right? And so that's $400 billion-ish. Somebody check my mouth. But from what I saw, we have about 330 million people in the U.S., I, again, I'm doing this off of a Google search. So if I got it wrong, please somebody correct me. <laughs> but so that's about $1,000 per person that we would be having if we took that $400 billion. If we changed nothing, even though I think we should, should change a lot. But I know that when we invested less than that in one person, we saved over $5,000 in total cost of care. And I could pull up the, the research for that if y'all want it. But my point is, Imagine the total savings that we would have if we were spending $1,000 per patient in truly like prevention focus. Let's look 10 years ahead. Let's teach you how to prevent colon cancer in your little kids so that you don't eat a whole bunch of processed foods. And when you're 50, we're not doing like a colon resection. Let's instead of just waiting till you need a colonoscopy to talk about colon cancer, right. let's start when you're a kid and let's yeah. take you all the way through your whole life. You know, if we spent that $1,000 every year on prevention, the changes that we would have would be phenomenal. That's great. So, yeah. We can't even get people vaccinated properly these days. So, I mean, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of challenges, but I'm with you. It's time for change. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I love about your message is a a breath of fresh air. And fantastic. You know, I hope other NPs that are listening to our podcast understand that there is a new path and they can make the leap. Thank you, Spring, for joining us today. We wish you great success in your new practice, Exceptional Wellness. If you want to learn more about Exceptional Wellness, please go to exceptionalwellness.co or you can go to thespringlane.com for more information on this new innovative care model and the Exceptional Wellness franchise opportunities. If you enjoyed this episode of Medicine in America, we have a lot more episodes coming. 
So please subscribe in your favorite podcast player and don't forget to rate and review the show. Also, please tell your colleagues and friends about it. I'm your host, Anthony Manson. Until next time. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.